Yep, room to improve. Good is great, better is possible. Love it, Jack. Heard that before. <laughs> yeah, we have heard it. You're listening to Hendrix's favorite athletic podcast, You From the Kicks with your hosts, Sandy Burks and Coach Buck. For on the show, a disclaimer, we are ABF, Coach. The ABF philosophy, and what's that? Anything but football. Anything but football. <laughs> Coached in three, maybe four tropical depressions before, and I've never seen rain like that. Well, welcome back to the Views from the Kicks podcast. We're rolling in the week two, Coach, are we of the views football from the seasons. Kicks? Are we Views from the Kicks or Views from the Drips? We're, we're in transition. Drips from the Hicks. From the, I know we're. I know, uh, hey, I know you Texas boys want to call us Arkansas boys Hicks, but we're not views from the Hicks yet. I've got a worse Southern draw than ninety percent of our players. I think that's that's very true. We've, we've had some good uh, we've had some good draws and accents on the team as of late, but I don't think we're views from the Hicks until we get Jack back on the podcast. True. So, yeah. Good point. Until then, we're views from the Kicks slash Dricks. Until views then, from the Dricks. And if anything, if people are confused or they don't understand what's going on, we can just say, you know, it's it's a legal battle right now, copyright with with Drake's this. Yeah, that. we're gonna we're get gonna, our yeah. we're gonna get our lawyers talk to their lawyers, yeah. and then uh, and you know, we're all pre lawyers, yeah, pre lawyers. <laughs> yeah. You know, for for the Shaq, Dustin, uh, mm-hmm. Williams, Casey, Caton's out there. <laughs> you know, I think we'll be in pretty good hands. We would be in I, good hands, well, especially if it's Casey because he had good hands. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I was I, I was Shaq, Shaq was hoping you were gonna Shaq, say him, but. <laughs> Shaq had hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, um, Austin College this past weekend playing your alma mater and got the win on opening day. It's always fun to get the win, and I always I always heard if they don't score, they can't win. So uh, we, we made true that statement and was really proud of our, our effort and proud of our defense for getting a shutout in week one. Uh, I think that, you know, that that's a – Again, that's a tribute to everybody. It's not just the defense, too, because I thought the offense did a great job of holding the ball away from, from our defense. And, or not from our defense, from holding the ball away from their offense. And, and we out out possession them for 10 minutes or so in the game. And then that just wore them down. And I think we ran, you know, 20 more plays than they did in the game as well. So uh, that's a good team effort, team win. I wish we could have uh, scored on our opportunities in the first half to, because the only negative about the game was I, I really felt like – we were in control, and if we had just put points on the board early, everybody would have played in the second half. And that's the only negative or the or the thing that I, I, I regret about the game. Um, but I felt like we played well. We played together. Uh, I think we had a good time having fun, and everybody was supporting each other, and it was fun to come out with a win. And we're usually – I mean, we're usually pretty prepared for that first game. I, I was uh, – again, we, we gambled a little bit too, uh, obviously in our preparation because we, we – sort of gambled that they would come out and run the option. Um, I was a that was a calculated risk on our part and we we had in, infused that into our, our practices for two weeks and I thought that our guys did a good job preparing ourselves for that as well. Um, so matter of fact I would make an argument that we actually ran that stuff better than they did because I was much more concerned than when we got in the football game. But uh, we actually probably put a lot more into it than what they actually ran against us. So I don't know what their install is and it's the first time they've been running it, but um, you know, there's some things that you can do differently in that offense that, that make it hard on a defense. And, and luckily we didn't see some of those things. So for you, was there any advantage to, and again, you talked about a calculated risk. We didn't necessarily know what they were going to run, but you had a pretty good idea. Was there any advantage to 
having them the first game of the season as opposed to maybe midseason or even the second game of the season where you only have two to three days max to prepare for an offense like that? I think that was it's it's a curse and a blessing. I mean, I think uh, you know, for one aspect, it's the fact that you're going in kind of stone cold and not knowing if they're really going to do it. And again, the gamble paid off for us. Uh, but I think it is definitely much harder if you're trying to prepare for that for three practice days and trying to get ready for it. So uh, in one aspect, I think it did help us in that regard. I think it also helped us a little bit because, you know, they're not really adept at running that quite yet either. Uh, so therefore they had some growing pains. They didn't have a scrimmage. We had a scrimmage. We were in better game shape. And um, I thought we, I thought we outperformed. Uh, I was impressed with a couple of their defensive players. I thought they played extremely hard. Probably one of the best, better defensive performances they played against us in the last few years, uh, minus the 10 inches of rain game. But I don't know if they play defense or the weather played defense for both teams um, in that one. But but I think that uh, it was a it was a it was a really good football game in that regard. And I, and I was I was glad that we didn't have to show a lot on offense either. We didn't do a lot of extra stuff or any. You know, frivolous stuff. We pretty much ran our base offense and and our RPO system up and down the field, and and had a few drop back passes. I think one thing that people who listened to the podcast last week, or those that are familiar with the program going into this year, were probably thinking before the game. You know, this team is over half freshmen. How are they going to deal with a game like this? You know, with with this being their first collegiate football game. How are you? What were your general thoughts about? you know, their performance for some of the freshmen? Uh, I thought, honestly, uh, at this point in time, it's, I mean, yes, we have freshmen, but now we're just all Hendricks College Warriors. And who cares who's a senior? Who cares who's a freshman? We've, I felt like we bought into our team philosophy pretty well. Um, I think everybody is focused on the task at hand. And I think doing a lot of the team building stuff that we did in fall camp and and having a real off season with these guys, uh, not with the freshmen per se, but with the with our upperclassmen, I think really has paid dividends. When you see us out there playing, we played more physical. Uh, we played on, on both fronts, mo- you know, offensive line and defensive line. We played more physical than we did last year. Um, I feel like we ran to the ball better. I felt like we played harder, longer, and that was really what I asked before the game. Like, who really cares what happens? I want us to play harder, longer than anybody else. And I say this all the time when you're going into game one, every team in the country saying play hard. It's not a question whether you're going to play hard. It's how long you're going to play hard. Because when something hits you in the mouth or you get some adversity, how's that going to affect you? I mean, like, yes, we, we went down to the three-yard line on the first drive and, and stalled. And we should have, yes, we should have come away with points. We didn't do it. You know, how are we going to respond? We allowed one run out of that uh, set. Uh, we let a perimeter run happen to get a first down, and they, they were able to get some yardage back out of that. I think it was a 17- or 19-yard run. That was the longest of the day. But we took bad angles. But we responded well and 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 overcame that. Uh, so it's being able to kind of trade punches like that and being able to support each other even though it didn't go exactly like you draw it up because, I mean, nothing is going to go exactly like you draw it up. If it would, we'd score every time, and they'd never score. And it just doesn't work that way. Um so I feel like we progressed as the game went on. And probably the most important or the best thing that I saw our team is, is supporting each other. And even though it was a seven-point ball game for the longest time, um, no one was frustrated in the fact that we didn't score or we had those two red zone turnovers and a, and a turnover on downs. Um, I felt like everybody was real supportive. And that was, in my opinion, better than we were all last year 
at any point in time. And that's not condemning anybody from last year's team. It's just I feel like our focus is where it needs to be right now. Now, as things get harder and we play tougher opponents, you know, that still remains to be seen. Are we going to continue that trend or are we going to implode on ourselves a little bit? But I do feel good about where we're at right now uh, because I felt like everybody was supporting each other out there. I think a great way to summarize any game is the shared goals concept that you and Coach Edelman came up with a few years ago. For for those that maybe are unfamiliar with that, you know, I know you wrote an article for the AFCA uh, a few years ago when we first presented. The time runs together, Coach. I'm not trying to say we're old. I don't know how. I think that was like in 2019 or so. I don't so, remember but, when I wrote that. I wrote that article, yes, but I think 2019. No, 2020. It came out during COVID, I think. <laughs> yeah. well, I just know that you and I. Uh, we, we we're going to have BC in, before COVID and AC after COVID. There you go. Oh. Well, I, I just know that you and whoever, Alexander Cormier, are the people who are the ones that publish articles around here. Yeah, so. Justin Buchanan and Alexander Cormier, yeah. they're, they're the authors. We'll let the writing uh, <laughs> stick to them. But that shared goals concept, I remember when, when y'all first presented it to us because we were still playing at the time. I just really fell in love with that idea because we can point to offensive goals. We can point to defensive goals. But when you put that together, it's a really special thing and something that I think players can really rally behind. And then having a visual representation of that in the locker room and say, hey, I mean, if we're if we're hitting, obviously, you'd love to be perfect. You'd love to be able to check off every single box, but that's not always going to happen. But um, it's fair to say that I think that checked off more boxes than we didn't check off on Saturday. We checked off all but one box. And really the only box we didn't, check off was winning the Russian battle but we did win the Russian battle for 90% of the game they had the last drive with with uh, had some chunk yards uh, that didn't really matter uh, and they outrushed us by a couple yards but in rea- and we took some uh, negative plays on some bad snaps but uh, I-, I would say it was probably a draw in that regard but um, but to be right there at a, with a team that you know Obviously, we held them to zero passing yards, uh, and and that might be a first time in my career ever. Um, not that they tested as much in the passing game, but but point is, we've won every other goal. And really, when it comes down to it, um, when you come in ready to play and you can outrush your opponent or be physical on the line of scrimmage, um, and you play harder, longer, and and you you win the turnover battle, which we did, and and you win critical or critical situation or defining moments in the game, which we did. Um, and then you stay on the field on offense and get off the field on defense and, and then win the fourth quarter. And, and those things we did, I felt like we, we did those things. And again, those things are shared by our team and that's how we win football games. And that's not just me and coach Edelman that we, we put a lot of thought in that, but that comes back from coach Burnett uh, from his time at army and, and, Jim Young's philosophy there and how they won football games. Part of that's from them. Part of that's kind of just developing our statistics over time here. Coach Neal had done a lot of that before he had left, and and we kind of developed what it was going to take for us to win games at Hendricks. Because ultimately, who really cares what takes anywhere else? We're here. We're we are here at Hendricks. It's like it's like anywhere. You you don't have to. You don't necessarily have to worry about what everybody else is doing. You got to ask yourself, what's it going to take to be successful at Hendricks College? If you're at Austin College, what's it going to take to be successful at Austin College? What's it any place you're at? What what's it going to take to be successful there? Because everybody's parameters are different. I want to go back to the game real quick and just because I always really like hearing your your outlook on things and the way that you respond to certain things that go in a game and how you approach players. I can think of two, you know, and I and I don't I'm not bringing him up because he's he's 
one of my players, but I think Jackson Coburn had a, had a fumble in the first half after a really good run that he uh, almost could have scored on. And, and, you know, he fumbles and, but I thought he responded in a really great way. And then Jacob Wood had a pass that he probably would love to have back. And then after that made some crucial plays in the third quarter, you know, keep drives alive on a third and 11 in our own territory. And then also a fourth down um, in the first half, I believe. And, and just, the response that you see from those guys or is, is there anything, I guess I just want people to understand, you know, the way you approach those things and how you talk a player up after those things or, or how you treat every player. Everybody. Well, you know, you treat them all, you know, you, you can't treat them all the same, but you can treat them all fairly, you know, and what works for one guy is not going to work for another, but, but, you know, if you take Jackson or, or Jacob in those situations, it's not like they wanted to do that. I mean, they felt bad about it. I mean, it's one thing if you're doing something stupid and you need to be chewed out. And then, you know, there's some times where, yeah, you got to get on them. But but in those situations, it's learn from a mistake uh, and because we're going to play a whole lot of football after that mistake. And so we need you to play good. Um, and again, every – Part of it is you got to read their faces too. I mean, if they were nonchalant about it and didn't care, then that would be a different reaction. <laughs> but um, just making sure that those guys knew that, hey, yeah, we made that mistake. This is what we probably should have done, but we're going to be fine. And when you get your next shot, don't squander that opportunity. Now, I know you were plugged into the game on Saturday, but I, I did, you know, being able to take a couple minutes and turn around and look behind you, I thought we had a really – it was great to have the Warrior family back at Young Wise Memorial Stadium. I saw I saw the pictures afterwards, like, man, we had a good crowd. I didn't even notice until after the fact. <laughs> yeah. It's the fall colors kicking in, man. You get that orange and black going at, yeah, at Young Yeah, those are great fall colors. Speaking of fall colors, our new jerseys look sweet, too. I was about to bring that up. <laughs> Just about to bring that out. That's a, that's a new look for us, and uh, I guess the first new uniforms we've had since 2018. I think. Yeah, I think 18 was uh, was that last yeah. new uniform look. So not yeah, that, not uh, that that was too long ago, but always always nice to break out something new. And you know it. You, you know you order the jerseys, you get them out, you're like, hmm, I wonder how these are going to look. And then on game day, when with our guys actually wearing them, I just they they look really good. And, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. When we got them out of the box, <laughs> I'm like, hmm, yeah, they're they're new jerseys. I wasn't overly, but but when they went out there and we were dressed and it was all together, it looked it looked sharp. And I'm a, I'm an old school guy. I like to tackle twill, and so <laughs> I'm glad we got to tackle twill. I'm glad we got that look because I always like that look. That's right. So that was our recap of the Austin College game. Unless you've got anything more to say, Coach. Uh, I think uh, one of the the things that I think went without saying. I think. Um, I'd like to mention a couple players. I mean, like for instance, I mean, I thought Mitchell. Uh, Johnson probably played his best football game, which is great coming off of all-conference season and not taking that for granted that he's just going to be a good player. thought he came out there and, and established himself as the guy that people had to block. And they didn't block him very well, and he made them pay. Um, I thought, again, we were physical up front, and I think uh, – a, a position change that we made in the off season or we were toying around with off season, but we did when we, when we got to fall camp was moving uh, Jaden Davis to corner. And he was very productive in the secondary and was very active, made some tackles for losses, made some key uh, tackles. And then I thought uh, Riley McMurray in his first true start really played well playing downhill. He took a bad angle on the first outside play, but after that, uh, and I was mad about it, but uh, after that, I thought he played really great, and he had a couple of really big sticks. One of them, uh, you know, caused a fumble. And then uh, I thought for our defensive line to play uh, assignment football in the option, which is something they just don't do very often, um, 
I thought that was that was great for our defensive line and and everybody we played in the game did that well. Um, and then offensively, I thought uh, our offensive line performed uh, better than we did all last year. I thought we were able to run the ball, uh, getting under center a couple times or a few times in the game and and really saying, hey, we're going to run this football and dare you to stop us. And we hadn't really had that mentality around here a lot. So I think developing that mentality with our front is really crucial. Um, I think that, you know, we had some some guys that stand out up there. And I, I don't like single out offensive linemen, but I think all five of them did good things in the game and all five did some things we could do better. Um, but I think we, we played better as a unit than we did all last year. Um, and I think that's that's crucial. Um, I think Tajay really came out strong in his first game uh, as as our primary slot receiver. I think he had nine catches, um, and I think that was that was clutch and did a great job. And you know, and then you know where we got to make some we got to make some hay. Uh, we've got to we've got to catch the ball a little better uh, all all around. But um, when you saw our, our our receivers out there that we rotated with. With Mason and Cannon, that both those guys made a couple clutch catches. Jax Johnson, the other uh, slot receiver, made a great fourth down catch. Um, and so, making those plays when things happen are really cr- crucial to being successful in the long run. And so, those were things that were good to see because they were guys that stepped up and made those plays that uh, weren't our usual suspects in the past. You know, so uh, we had whole, we have holes to fill out there at places. So uh, seeing guys make plays like that is is clutch. And again, we just got to continue to get better and make those crucial plays. Well, we'll get to see him back in action this week as we head up to St. Louis, Washington University. It's been the it's the first time we played them since 2016, if I remember correctly. Yep, I believe so. Uh, well, I don't believe so. I know so. <laughs> I was here for all of them. Yeah. Um, it's been a great matchup over time. Uh, they're a great football team. Uh, they're a good CCIW team. I mean, they finished third, went to a bowl game last year. Uh, again, scheduling these guys was crucial to us being successful because our schedule, you know, we're playing them. We're playing uh, Howard Payne, who – had a big win against Texas Lutheran, scored 59 points. Uh, you know, so getting ourselves prepared after open week to play Trinity, who, you know, is a top 10 program right now. And, you know, that could easily be us after a couple years ago. But, you know, they established themselves as the team to beat in the league last year. So for us to do that, we've got to challenge ourselves the next couple of weeks with some teams that could can really play football. And I think this is going to prepare us for our conference schedule, uh, no matter what the result. But uh, over time, uh, our Wash U games have been, I mean, they've been juggernauts of football games and it's been great football games. And it's come down to kind of who's had the ball last. Um, I think both our defenses are better than the last time we played. Uh, and, and it'll be interesting to see how we come out. May have to let you uh, take off the head coach headset and put on the executive producer headset. We can uh, maybe clip the audio of Kevin Cassidy from 2016. <laughs> that, that would be, 15, a, that's, a, 15. that's always a great audio clip. Yep. Uh, and, 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 uh, of course, anytime you say Warriors win, it's always great. Mm-hmm. i tell you what, though, Mr. Cassidy, as good a job as he did, I'm, I'm, this was also the first game, and I know that you haven't heard it. I haven't heard it either, but being able to bring on J.B. Brazil and uh, Michael Baker to do our uh, announcing on the Warriors Sports Network, I think that's going to be awesome for our quality of production. And now this is me talking from the sports information side of things, of course. But uh, well, I think it was really great. I, I mean, I got feedback from some alums uh, and some uh, and some guys that weren't able to come to the game, and they really enjoyed the broadcast. And, of course, I had bragged on it before, so 
I'm glad that I'm glad that I'm glad that they uh, held up their end of the bargain. And, and uh, but I, I had full confidence in those guys and and JB had done such a great job for us in the spring doing spring sports and and I, I was excited when we got him on full time for us even though we've had other good people do it but that's our guy now and 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 I think he 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 gives a a, a depth that you know when you just have a guy coming in for a weekend doesn't have that kind of depth because I think JB's all in on being a warrior and goes to glass shatters I'll tell you what I'll tell you what, that's right. If he can make Coach Edelman and I sound good on baseball broadcasts, he can, he can work anything shy of turning water into wine. And even then, you can't have wine in the broadcast booth, though, <laughs> unless you're Harry Carey. <laughs> Valid point. I don't know. Um, hey, but wine's not called Budweiser. <laughs> Budweiser, yeah, that's, that's a good point. So um, we're not the only ones, Coach, who uh, started off – the season well we've got other sports as well oh uh, we are we are starting off the fall in the, in the right manner i'll tell you and let it be known we are recording on a wednesday so we can call it warrior wednesday warrior wednesday and and that and hope and i don't know what they got on the warrior wagon today either so Ooh. warrior wagon wednesday there you go <laughs> be worth checking out um yeah i mean we got women's soccer three and oh uh, that's the only other team that hasn't given up a point like us. So, and that's uh, I would say in three games, that's a little more impressive than. Well, I don't want to take anything away from our defense, but in three games to play 270 minutes, quick math on my part, um, is awesome. Hey, that, yeah, and again, I, I keep telling Trimble if they don't score, they can't win. That's right. So, uh, you mean then, the if the other team doesn't yes, score? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, if they good, good. That's a good coach. Buck, you coach bucked me on that one. Um, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. But it's true. If they yeah. can't score, they can't win either. I mean, like if no one scores, yeah. there's no winning. <laughs> so, um, uh, but yeah, we got women's soccer three and zero. We got volleyball three and one. They had a great uh, stand at, uh, at on the road at the Mary Harden Baylor tournament. Uh, did I say Mary Harden Baylor? You got it. Uh, but they had a great they had a great stand there. I mean, they lost to Mary Harden Baylor, which is a top twenty five right now. But but they had two uh, or three other real good wins, and so hopefully that's a sign to, of things to come as the season progresses. And we got the volleyball player of the week. Yep, Cameron week. Presley was offensive player of the week, outstanding junior from Greenwood, Arkansas. And then men's soccer start off one and zero, but then uh, uh, weather delay and all that stuff, and then had to adapt, adjust, improvise, and overcome, and then drop one to UTD on on uh, Sunday Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but they're one and one, and and they're playing tomorrow against Saul Ross here, which um is a pretty long drive. It's a long drive. It's not the end of the earth, but you can see it from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll be we'll be looking forward to seeing how Coach Kern's side does tomorrow night, which will be a Thursday night, seven o'clock kickoff on the Warrior Sports Network. So. Man, men's soccer, great opportunity with the Hendricks Invitational coming up as well this weekend. Uh, volleyball is going to be at home. They've got LaGrange and Lyon, I believe. I probably got that wrong, actually. But got the volleyballs at home, men's soccer is at home. So it could be a great week well, for you know, Warriors we always sports. say it's a faithless opponent. You just got to play your best and, and, and win the games. Who cares who's, who's plays against you, right? Hey, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Got the wins and loss column. So we're going to take a quick time out here on the podcast and – when we come back, we'll uh, get into maybe some anything but football talk. ABF, coming up. The Hendricks College Athletic Department and Warrior Sports Network would like to thank our sponsors and supporters. Simmons Bank. Stevens, Inc. Homeward Realty and Anthony Walker. Fairfield Inn & Suites by Marriott. Conway Regional Health System. Warrior Booster Club, and Whole Hog Barbecue. 
All right, and we're back. Time for anything we just, we but just, football, I we guess. We just need somebody to pay for that spot that we, we went out on. So so we're just waiting for somebody to, to, to buy in. It's coming. We got a guy for that. <laughs> I, I, uh, we, uh, we have friends in high places around here, I think. Um, not that you're not in a high place, but second floor of the WAC at least. I think that's uh, – Yeah, it is. It's, it's the highest, highest we have on this side of campus. Yep, that's right. Because I think we're actually higher than the press box because it goes downhill a little mm-hmm. bit right there. <laughs> That's right. So, um, Coach, one of the um, – how about we rewind real quick and let's take some of the newer audience members through one of your key rules for life. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I mean, don't do stupid stuff. Don't put it on video. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it goes. And inadvertently, somebody will always break that rule because it's that chance to be famous, I guess. Yep. And if you put it on video, at least try not to put it on the Internet. Yep. I mean, yeah. Well, well originally, you know, the – it was back in the day it was put on video because there was no internet to put the video to now it really it is it's internet because really it's just there's there's like video just automatically goes to the internet now it's like once you take a video it's on the internet like i don't know how that works but <laughs> and i'm not here to get on my high horse or i'm not trying to out you or anything but isn't it rich that you know and i'm you're not old but people who who at a certain point in time now can say why would you do that why would you put that on the internet whereas if they were at a certain age in today's age they might be the very ones doing it too true you know, there's there's no doubt about we that. didn't have the it, people didn't have the option back then like my my dad wouldn't have had the option and, yeah, and like, i can tell you he'd be one of those that would yeah you had to actually have a video camera like, like right. you know and yeah. like you know like it was big. You got one shoulder for the camera, one yeah. for the boombox. Yeah, know, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You, you, it was it was a lot harder to to do that, but you can still do stupid yeah. stuff. It's just harder to, for everybody else to see it. You know, <laughs> when I said that about the boombox, it reminded me of an episode we recorded, uh, gosh, quite a few months ago. Just the evolution of a podcast. How we actually had like a whole section we were talking about the Walkman radio and and like <laughs> the evolution of like the stereo and all that. And yep. Just how we can get to a point like that. I don't know. It's yep. a very Hendrix thing, I guess. And now we just carry it in our handheld devices. <laughs> That's right. For better or for worse, and for worse, I guess. Um, and the reason why I bring that up, Coach, is I came across a video today of a man who had completed an Ironman competition back in 2021. I believe this was in Australia. And his girlfriend was waiting for him at the finish line. He finished. And as soon as he stops, he gets down on a knee and proposes. And probably the most likely thing you would expect to happen after that happened. Well, I mean, uh, you know, if you're going to run an Ironman, you're probably going to be out of energy by the time you get to the end. Uh, or run. Uh, do you run Ironman? You run, swim, you, and You bike. do a lot of things. You do a lot of things. Yeah. 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 You do a lot of things, but breathing is probably optional. But <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I hope it's not mandatory because I don't know how many people are truly breathing at the end. It's running, yeah. biking, and swimming. So Yeah. I, you showed me the video before we got on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He pulls a full full uh, almost a full body cramp trying mm-hmm. to propose but i don't I, I feel like proposing wouldn't be that difficult but uh but yeah after iron man uh i think that's i think that could constitute a rule violation because mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure you need to cool down a little bit well we always talk about shared experiences or at least being able to have a story to tell when we're older and, and that's certainly a story to tell but you know maybe some of the coaching points and and you know we, we can't be the people who are you know talking about iron man because we don't we haven't done much like that. Nor, Even though, I, now, nor, nor would I do it. Yeah, now, three day, now, three days back I, when you played, I, that was, that. that's I would, fair. I mean, that's I played Ironman yeah. football. I played both yeah. ways. Yeah. 
Now, I mean, I don't know how much of it was like the Junction Boys back the uh No, but we did practice one time uh on the baseball field when I was in a freshman and it was all sandburst. So mm. um I, I feel like they did that on purpose just so we had to do that, just because we never did it again, but we did it that day and everybody's like, suck it up. Yep. And and it was like, but there's sandburst and they were like, it was a sorry about your luck moment. You're right, there are. And <laughs> And we did mat drills and all that stuff, and it sucked. But we did it, and then I guess it was like rite of passage. Like, you guys are going out there, and you're going to practice in this sandbar patch, and you're going to suck it up because we got to beat Sherman. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, that was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, and you know what? Ten years in a row. Ten years in a row. It only takes two more years, and no one in the school district in Sherman will have ever laid eyes on the axe. (laughs) Can you take the people through just how big a deal that is to you? Uh, it's a big deal because uh, it's the oldest rivalry in the state of Texas, um, and so Dennis and Sherman. It's uh, it's 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 where you, it's where everybody it's where everybody counts in Dennis and Sherman because it's it's basically one town divided into two, uh, and you got to draw the line somewhere. So and you got to hand it to the Yellow Jackets. Um, we got we we were down twenty four to seven or twenty one seven in the in the fourth quarter and came back and won. So, again, ten years in a row. I don't even know what a ten peat is, but I guess that's what it is. Well, we'll come up with a word for it. But there's two coaches here on uh, at Henders College that are pretty dang proud of our Dennison Yellow Jackets. Going to say you got we got Dennison representation. We don't have any Sherman representation that I know of, unless you count Coach Hartsfield on the football staff. But he doesn't claim. Sherman High School. Uh, he's so. from Howe. Yeah. Howe is not Sherman. So even though it shares a border as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, uh, it is nice to have uh, Coach Hunt uh, officially on board as, as our head softball coach. And But the bad thing is I'm no longer the most decorated uh, player or, or from, from Denison on our staff here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's much better athlete than I ever was. <laughs> And she can sing, which I can't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but no one can. Uh, I don't know, maybe can air guitar or anything like that the I, way you can. I, I I can I I don't know if she can do hair metal screaming, but uh, I can do that, and I can play the uh, jackal chainsaw. So we got that going for me. That was certainly not her walk up song when she played. No, it was not. Not that at least not that I know. Of. She could, she is one of the few athletes who could probably walk up and sing her own walk up song. Mm-hmm. That's right. She's probably one of the very few here who could still get out there and play right now. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And we'd be. We got to get her on the, we got to get her on the, uh, we had to get a Denison Yellow Jacket podcast coming up. Oh, we will. Cause I mean, I, I know how much, how much pride you taking that. And, and surely you must, I mean, when you, when you took the job here to think how to have two head coaches that are Denison Yellow Jackets on the same staff in Conway, Arkansas, probably. Well, we just breed excellence in Denison. That's right. Sorry about their luck. <laughs> Hey, but but it, you know, it's uh, honestly there's a lot of great coaches that have come from from Denison, and they've done a lot of great things. I mean, uh, even some correspondence with with uh, I mean, Coach Phillips, some other people have coached with guys who were from Denison in their past too. Um, we have a lot of a great lineage there, but I think that comes back from the coaches that we were coached by, and and you know, it's just it's that trickle down effect of you know you're just paying that forward to the next generation, and. I think that's pretty special. I mean, uh, Coach Hunt's, uh, her dad played at, at football at Denison a little bit before I did. And, you know, we, we share the same, you know, coaching staff background and, and that 
player-oriented mentality, and I think that's something that resonates, and I think that's pretty special. Well, I'm glad that you can be happy about your high school football team right now. Sherman has it too. Sherman has it too. Uh, Coach Outlaw was there, and for those that don't know, he was he's an Arkansas guy. Coach Outlaw had, had kind of put Sherman back on the map uh, when uh, in the in the 80s and 90s, late 80s, early 90s, and then went on to Lovekin, Texas, and and won a lot of games. But um, little known fact, but he he is the all-time interception leader at UCA. Coach Outlaw was, and then Coach Outlaw was roommates with Mike's from Mike's place down here in, in, in college at UCA. And everybody knows Mike's is my favorite place to eat. So, um, so yeah, uh, I do got to give some credit to Sherman. They, they have, they, ha- they've had great coaches and a great lineage as well. And I know coach Kane there right now too, is doing a great job there too. It's just, they came up short in the ax and I gotta go. I, I don't, I, you know, I can't vote. I can't, can't go for them during that week, but other other week I actually can. If you have a name like outlaw, you're really only destined for one profession, I think. Well, I mean, it's either a gunslinger or uh, or a football coach. But since uh, gunslinging is kind of outlawed nowadays, no mm-hmm. pun intended, uh, it's pretty much football coach. I mean, so you would almost think you'd have to run the air raid. Yep, or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, Coach Outlaw was a tough hombre. He was a he was a good football coach. Absolutely. So, um, you know, we're still missing Jack. We'd love to have his top five list back. I guess we need to talk to him. And and here's the thing, is we've had so much help and. Last time we were on, we talked about all the advancements that we had made in the realm of the podcast with our executive producing and a lot of help we've had. We talked about the brand new microphones and everything, and I do not think that it worked. So I, we were still in preseason form, um, still you know, well, you know there's, phase there's just of a lot of mistakes we make in preseason, yeah. you know. Yeah. But now I think we're we're rounding in the form. You know, we we got the opening week victory in football, and now I think on the podcast side of things, we're we're starting to find our feet a little bit, and I believe everything's working the way it should. So. We're doing things, but what I meant to get to is... We're finding our feet better than the guy that proposed to his fiancé after an Ironman. That's a good point. But I tell you what, you can't blame the persistence, or you can't fault that. Can't fault persistence, yeah. You want to keep... Well, he played harder longer. Yeah. I'll tell you what, because if he had quit, it ain't going to be a good ride Maybe he needed that to finish, though. Maybe he had to look forward to something. Mm. Because I definitely would have to look forward to something if I was doing an Ironman. (laughs) Yep. Uh, that's true. But that is all to say that, you know, we have a soundboard now that we can work with and we can actually have people call in to the podcast and have them join us via phone. So that might be something we try sometime. We, we could probably get JB Brazil to join us and, you know, talk about the game at hand, do yep. a preview show, this and that, but, and also get Jack on the, to talk about the show. And we need Jack. I'm not, we, everybody misses Jack. Yep. Oh, I mean, it's like you're running a scout team. We all need Jacks, right? We need our <laughs> Jack back. So. Every man get a man, every good man get two. That's right. I, I, I know some of the players were disappointed I didn't say that before the game. So uh, I know Connor Samples came up to me and goes, Coach, I was really disappointed that you didn't say every man get a rue, every good man get two. And I actually had thought about doing that before the game, but then I got fired up about something else, and then it just went out the wayside. So Tends to happen, right? Does. But, hey, but eventually you always find a way to get back to it. I One just did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. So – I bring up Jack because we missed his top five list. And, you know, I was trying to think of a couple that we could do this week. You mentioned the new jerseys that we play with on Saturday. And I was thinking, you know, if there was anyone, I wouldn't say you detest fashion, but it's definitely not a priority for you. I'm not going to find myself on Project Runway anytime Mm -hmm. soon. (laughs) (laughs) But that being said, someone who loves football as much as you, there must be some sort of nostalgia factor there when you think about some of the guys that you watched 
growing up on TV, and I know you're a big Cowboys fan, and and honestly, I mean, that is one of the classic jerseys in the NFL. Is, I do love the Cowboys so, jerseys. So if you talk to any football enthusiast, you're probably going to see Cowboys on their top five of top five jerseys in, in the NFL. But, you know, I was wondering, do you have any other jerseys that – or just iconic looks that you grew up with that you maybe didn't idolize, but you're like, you know, that is really cool. I can respect that, not just in football, but maybe in any sport. Uh, yeah, I think uh, – that's a good question. I think uh, this is probably not going to shock you. Um <laughs> I like Schimmel jerseys. Um, uh, you can breathe in those things. Um, but um, I think I really like the traditional. Like I like University of Texas all white. I like Penn State all white. I like the I like that look. Uh, I like I like the LSU white at home look. I've always liked that. Um, not because I spent time in Louisiana. I just always kind of like that. Um, and then. I've always liked the all black look too, because obviously I played at Denison and that was, that was one of our looks was, you know, all black. And, and uh, so I've kind of liked that. Uh, I don't necessarily like Denison's jerseys now, like the gold. I don't really like the gold, but um, cause it's, it's more like a gold gold. Um, and then I played in the, uh, I played in the old, uh, what we used to call the McDonald's colors at Austin College because we were we were the ketchup and mustards. We were not the we were not the crimson and Vegas gold that they are now. We were we were crimson and mustard. Um, so uh, it, it was more look like USC than, and now it has more of a uh, Florida State type look uh, with the with the cardinal and the Vegas gold. But um, I actually like that old Florida State look too with the with that that crimson and gold. Um, that, that Vegas gold, I like that look too. Um, but I wasn't really enamored with all that because I really didn't care. They, I mean, I, I, I was the one guy that did, had zero care about swag because uh, I just wanted to play football. <laughs> so you probably miss the T bar face mask. I do miss the T bar face mask. You know, when I was in high school, everybody had a T bar. Even the quarterback had a T bar. But we ran student body right and student body left too. But uh, but yeah, it was like, why? Because you're from Denison, you wear a T bar face mask. Why are you in a three point stance at a receiver? Because because it's Denison, and that's the way we do it. So um, anyway, yeah, it was a different age. But I will tell you. People are missing a boat with the T-bar. People people give that a bad rap, but you know what? I didn't get my eyes poked out either. So you get these open face masks, people put the fit, fist in your face. And, and let me just tell you, offensive linemen are going to try to poke you when you're a defensive lineman. It's just going to happen. And you know what? Why 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 put yourself into that? Just get you a T-bar. And I also went with the long face mask, too, instead of the short one. You know why? Because when they grabbed you up under the throat, you could, you could, you could go down pretty hard, and you could keep your hands off of you. So I'm, I'm just saying. But I get boogie on uh, on my picture over on the wall because I got the T bar and the long face mask. But you know what? I can see. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out that's pretty important. How about the um? You know, I think it was probably a few weeks ago. We were in the office. We were watching some old um, some old tape and watching like guys like Herschel Walker, Bo Jackson, Earl Campbell. And I think one of the classic looks is actually the non jersey, like when people would try to tackle Earl Campbell, and you see that jersey just oh rip yeah, off. the tearaways, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I think uh, Vic has a tearaway jersey in practice right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, it's a good thing. I w- well, it, it would just not be advantageous for me to ever be in a tackling scenario, but I would say if I ever had to tackle that guy, I can't tackle him now, of course, but if I ever had to, I, I'd probably go for the tearaway too because he's a tough guy to bring down, <laughs> it turns out. Um, that's, um, 
That's a cool deal. One thing I did want to ask you about, though, Coach, I just remember this. You were talking about Vic. I got to talk to his family after the game. Is um, what 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 do you do after a game? At one o'clock, you know, you play a one o'clock game. We get done at about now. The game on Saturday actually ended pretty quickly. Which, That's probably the fastest football game I've ever been a part of. Well, I, the first half went by less than an hour. I'm pretty sure. Well, I'm I'm in the mindset we're up in the booth during the first drive, and and I'm looking at my and I remember looking down at the sheet as I'm tracking fronts and everything. I'm like, wait a minute. This is our first drive, and I'm pretty sure I've used like 14 lines. So that means we run 14 plays. And I look at the clock, and it's like 7:30. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like this is. And then before you know it, we're going the other way, and then it's halftime. Yep. It's just it was it was yep. the fastest first half I think I've ever been a part of. I, there's no doubt. And listen, it's it's great that you know you get TV nowadays. You can get so many programs on television. But one of the best things about Division Three football is, especially the environment that you get. Everyone's there for to watch football, the community support you get, but also no television timeouts. We're there just to play football, and everyone wants to play football, I mean, years-wise, as long as possible, but it's nothing wrong with a two-hour ball game. No, especially when you're winning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it just, you know, I was thinking about this. After games, you know, what what are the things you do? Do you ever, you know, get on your phone? Do you ever see how some of your friends in the coaching world did? You know how their games went, or yeah, you know, talk to wanna, them. And, yeah, I want to know how how I want to know how my friends did, and you know, text them if they if they you know if they won, or text them an encouragement if they lost. Um, you know, obviously, uh, especially early in the year like this, our other head coaches in our league, um, you know, supporting our league and making sure that you know we're we're there for each other to to some degree. I mean. Um, I know it's been a tough year for, for some schools already. I mean, you take the people in Jackson, I mean, they hadn't had running real running water. Uh, and so, and they played a all Jackson football game last Thursday, uh, with, uh, Bellhaven and Millsaps. And so, you know, uh, just trying to encourage people like that. And, and, and then, I mean, honestly, it's get hydrated because I don't drink enough water during games, uh, and then eat and then watch a little bit of football and go to bed. It's <laughs> pretty much how it works. What would you say is about your normal bedtime on a Saturday after a one o'clock kickoff? Um, I'm still uh, trying to go to bed, you know, in between nine 37 and 10 Oh five. Probably. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, the problem is now you have a, you have a companion at home now to, to keep you awake a little longer than you probably would like to. Yeah. Times. But she, she goes down pretty, pretty, pretty right there around eight. She starts fading. So that works out now. She's like the rest, me and Michelle, she'll get up. She, she's when the, when the sun's up, she's running. So it's, it's not liner gazelle. It's, it's liner scout. <laughs> and, and that's who we're talking about is your, uh, your dog scout who, um, tell you what coach, I, we may have to share a couple of pictures with her on the, on the Twitter, just, to, but she grew yeah, quite yeah, a she, bit. She's going to get tested probably, uh, in the, in the next round mm. of drug tests. Cause, mm. um, she, she's been accused of being on vitamin S because mm. <laughs> she has grown fast. Yeah. She has. I tell you what, we may need her up in the press box at some point. You can never have too many scouts up there. Valid point. Held the opposing team. But um, one last thing before we go, we were talking about jerseys. You know, some of the NFL teams have adopted this retro look. Now they're going back. I know you probably don't like this, but Coach Jared Lincoln, former player, um, now coach with the uh, track program. No, I like program. Jared Lincoln. I, I know you like Jared Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, I, think, uh, I think you and Jared have about as good a rapport as, as uh, any any alums. Um, he, he's uh, he's good at giving. He's good at taking. And uh Never a bad time when he's around, but his Eagles are going back to the old Kelly Green, gray face mask look. You know, used to seeing Randall Cunningham and those jerseys. And um, 
I was thinking, you know, if Hendricks ever had to go back to retro uniforms, see this jersey on the on the wall you have here, if we had to ever wear we're, the... We're not going back to wool uniforms. <laughs> I promise you that because uh, it's way too hot to play in wool. <laughs> you know, in Saturday, if there was ever a day to do it in September, you know, it was pretty nice on Saturday. That was probably also. the nicest opening day I think I've ever been a part of. I mean, it was, you know, in the mid-80s and it was still hot, but it wasn't unbearable like it has been in the past so it looks like we're gonna have another great week this weekend we're gonna be 80 degrees this week so as long as it's not like westminster in 2013 i think we'll be okay it can't be (laughs) because it's not a swamp and they have turf so yeah i was actually talking about the opening game um, oh that was that that was hot that was hot hot. yes that was hot uh, I thought I was thinking about the last time we went to Missouri to play those guys. Yep. Uh, and we were in a quagmire, I guess you would say. And the grass was about 18 inches. <laughs> well, there you go. I guess the next time you hear from us, we will have gotten back from St. Louis. So we're looking to be 2-0 and 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 ready to go to, I guess when we get back home, we'll be ready to go to Dallas to play Howard Payne. Well, I think it'll be a little bit hotter than it was on Saturday. It will definitely be hotter. Uh, it, it'll be hotter in at Prosper, Texas. There ain't no doubt. But until then, Coach, I'll let you sign it off for both of us. All right, signing off. But how do you sign off on a on a podcast when you don't get to see who's signing? So um, I'm signing off with my hand gestures now. <laughs>